You have reached the dumb Christian, everybody interested in this ancient text called the Bible. I'm your host, Jonathan, and today we are diving into Genesis 34, and uh, it is going to include some sensitive topics, um, well, a sensitive topic, I suppose, uh, so be warned, have a heads up. We will be talking about a rape that occurs during this story. Uh, but the way that it is responded to with family and, and, and the men who want to defend the honor of this very important woman, their sister Dinah, ends up being a pretty badass story about how God also wants to defend and protect his people. The Bible is about to get very real. We might get a little bit colorful, so buckle up and welcome to Dumb Christian. Genesis chapter 34, Jacob has returned home. He's well into his hundreds at this point. And he has settled, uh, you know, far enough away from Esau so that they can't see each other's chimney smoke, but close enough that they can visit for Christmas and Easter. And they settle down in this new community. Um, the Midrash, the Bible, the sources, the traditions don't really tell us how old Jacob's kids are during this story. So we're going to imagine, based on the events before and after the story, that his kids are teenagers, maybe 20s, maybe his oldest is like early, early 30s, somewhere in there. And we meet Jacob's daughter, Dinah who was born to him through his wife, Leah. And, and that's a whole interesting thing that the Bible says, oh, she's Leah's daughter, and, and doesn't really necessarily associate her with Jacob for a, a lot of different reasons that we're not going to get into. But uh, it is an interesting dynamic. She's Leah's daughter. We don't know how many daughters Jacob has from all of his wives, but according to the way that the story is going to flow, we might infer that he actually has a lot of daughters. And the Bible typically doesn't identify or name women in the stories that it tells us, and not because they're 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 not valuable, but because the Bible's primary mode of keeping an accurate record of who had who and who belongs to which lineage, they just kept it straight. Let's keep the fathers, the patriarchs, and let's go according to the fathers' names of the houses. So when the Bible mentions a woman, especially by name, it is a good practice to take a step back and say, oh, maybe this is a story we should pay special attention to. We need to think about this story a little bit differently because the Bible wants us to see this, the characters in the story in a unique way. And uh, that is, I think, especially the case here with Dinah, one of Jacob's daughters. They move to a new town. Let's say she's in her teens, uh, new high school, new friends. And she decides, I'm going to go hang out with my new girlfriends. Mom, I'm going to a movie with my friends. Hold on. Hold the phone. Uh, who are your friends? Have I met their parents? Which movie are you going to see? What time are you coming home? Who's driving? You know the, the routine there. Yeah, 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 Mom. It's just my girlfriends. It's fine. All right. Be home by 11. They, uh, Dinah, it says Dinah went to go hang out with the women of the community. She wanted to hang out with her girlfriends. And, you know, they're doing whatever girls do, giggling at boys, cute boys passing. And, and they're talking about their nails, I guess. What, what do girls talk about? 
And they see this one guy walk by and he actually happens to be the prince of the community that they're staying in. His name is Shechem. Shechem. Everyone say Shechem. Yeah. This prince name is Shechem. And his dad, hang on, what's his dad's name? I forget. His dad's name is Hamor. And he's a prominent member of the community that they are staying in as well. But Shechem walks by as Dinah is hanging out with her girlfriends and they lock eyes. They make eye contact. And, you know, he's got his prince swag on, but he looks at her and he thinks, ooh, she fine. How you doing, girl? Jewish tradition and the Midrash tell us that Shechem was a huge womanizer and a serial rapist. Like, this is what he's known for. But because he's a prince, because his dad is high standing in community, uh, he gets away with it. He gets encouraged even. And he locks eye contact with Dinah. She doesn't know this about him. He is very mischievous. How you doing? And uh, he Midrash says that he tricks her into getting alone with him. Then while he was alone with her, uh, you could probably fill in the blanks. Guess he rapes her. And then, you know, the next day he's telling everyone at school that she came on to me, even though, you know, she tried to fight him off. No, no, I don't want this. So not so it's insult on top of injury. The Bible says that he raped her and he humiliated her. So it was this something, you, you know, I, I, I can't imagine that the, that act of going through that act in it of itself isn't physically emotional. You know, it, it's got to be devastating. And, and, and on top of that, he, he humiliates her. He just piles on. No, no, no. She came on to me. Oh man. And she's reeling from this. She's devastated and humiliated and embarrassed, but something happens in Shechem that changes the way he sees everything. And I'm not at all endorsing this guy or giving him any credit, actually all and any of the credit in the story to positive change, according to Midrash Bible, Jewish tradition is given to Dinah because the Midrash says that there was something so unique and special about her that she changed Shechem from being this vile, perverted, serial abuser to an honorable man. He wanted to marry her. And that changed everything for Shechem. Don't worry, he doesn't get off the hook. <clears throat> Rumors are spreading. Word gets back to Jacob. Jacob is over 100 years old. What can I do to defend my daughter's honor? I'm old. I can't fight. What can I possibly do? So he doesn't do anything about it. His sons come home from however many days they've been out in the fields or weeks, and they finally hear about this travesty that has happened to their sister, and they start West Side Story snapping as they approach boy, boy, crazy boy. If you know, you know. As they approach the Hivite city, where Shechem and Hamor live, and they are going to stir up some trouble. But as they approach, Hamor, who probably only has Shechem's side of the story, you know, uh, she came on to me, 
he 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 greets the brothers with joy and gladness. Oh, you guys, I'm so glad you're here. I was just talking with my son Shechem. He wants to marry your sister. What do you guys think about that? And they're like, what the shit? Are you kidding me? We're supposed to let you marry our sister that you have treated like a piece of garbage? You've used for your own whatever, for your own ends, your own means? Screw that, man. And the, the, the dad is like, the way he responds to Shechem, Shechem says, oh, father, give me what I ask you. And, and Hamor says, anything, I'll give it for you, give it to you. Let me marry Dinah. So it is his job. He's like the um, Veruca Salt's father in Willy Wonka, right? Where he's like, I, I got to buy that golden egg. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make my kid happy. So he goes to the sons and he says, let's make an arrangement because my son loves your sister and he really wants to marry her. And and they're just trying to wrap their heads around this. You got to be, you got to be shitting me, man. What, how in the world are we supposed to be okay with this? Haymore says, look, come on, let's make a deal so that um, everyone in our community and, and everyone in your community, let's, let's make a deal, a pact, a treaty so that we can intermarry. You can marry our daughters and we'll marry your daughters. This is the part of the story in the Bible that indicates to me, at least Jacob probably has several other daughters, uh, because what they agree upon means that they're going to have access to have relationships with and marry the daughters of Jacob. And the deal is the, the the brothers say, okay, I'll tell you what, you can marry Dinah if you, your son Shechem, and every man in town that you in the town that you live in gets circumcised. If you don't remember what that is, uh, spoiler, it's a little graphic, cutting the extra flap of skin off of uh, the the penis. And this is, remember, this is a symbolic covenant between man and God that says we um, dedicate our sexual activity, uh, our procreation. We dedicate our bodies to participate in the God, in Yahweh God's plan, promise to Abraham, really ultimately to bless the world, right? And uh, so for someone to say, yes, we will participate in circumcision indicated that they were also making Yahweh God their God. Hamor says, okay, I will do whatever it takes to get this woman as a wife for my son. He goes back to town. I don't know how he does this. He literally convinces everyone in town to clip the tip, all the guys. And everyone's like, yeah, this is a great idea. That way we can marry the daughters of Jacob and he, he and his kids can, can have access to our women and, and we can intermarry and have relationships and, and do business and, and all this kind of stuff. It'll be great. That's, that's why I think he's got to have more than one daughter because surely the whole town isn't going to undergo this excruciating, uh, uh, thing. What is it? A surgery? Yeah, I guess. Uh, just so that some asshole prince can marry, the girl that he wants. So everyone in town, every male in town gets circumcised. And then two of the brothers, and this is where the, this is the badass part of the story that I'm like, Oh yeah, I can really get behind this. Two of Dinah's brothers. Oh, 
before this, uh, Dinah, when they agreed to all get circumcised, Dinah went with Shechem. So Dinah is at the is at Shechem's house in her little bridal room or whatever, you know, locked up like a damsel in distress. And Dinah's brother, Simeon and Levi say, all right, let's go to town on these assholes. And they grab swords and they go into town. And this is the third day after they got circumcised. So they're like super tender. Everyone in town, right? Like you can't walk properly. You have to walk awkwardly. So your wing wang doesn't brush against your pants. Oh, everyone is tender. Can't move hardly at all. And this is when Simeon and Levi go into town with swords and they just slaughter every guy, every male in the town. You guys think you can get away with raping our sister and just creating a system so that you don't have to be held accountable for it? Yeah, screw that noise. We're coming for you. And they kill everyone. All the guys, all the guys, all the guys. And then what they do is they take all the women and children and they make them a part of the Jacob's tribe, right? So this clan becomes really big and all the flocks and all the stuff that all the wealth, all the houses, and it became Jacob and his families. Well, Jacob reacts in fear and Jacob is like, you guys, I'm over a hundred. You're going to make every other community in this area hate us and want to kill us. And Simeon and Levi are like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Are we supposed to just let our sister be treated like a prostitute? No way. No way. There will be consequences for you treating our sister like that. And I can, I can, you know, there's something inside of me that can really get behind that attitude of like, oh yeah, let, let's give them the what for, uh, just a whole community endorsing a prince going around raping people. Yeah. Uh, let's put an end to that in a very stern way, right? Okay, so this is interesting because, first of all, Simeon and Levi are the two brothers that go in and slaughter everybody. Well, the tribe of the Levites, who d- who are the descendants of Levi, are like the first tribe, once all of the Israelites are freed from Egypt, there's a bunch of people who are in Egypt. Israel and God is like, I saved you. Don't worship other gods. And there's like all these other people who are in the camp of Israel and they start worshiping these other gods. And God says, all right, who's going to defend my honor? Who's going to uh, do to these guys what Simeon and Levi did to uh, that community, the Hivites. And it's the tribe of Levi, the Levitical priests, the tribe of Levi who take up swords and go around slaughtering the people who are abusing uh, the name of God and, and the habits, the practice, the worship of God by worshiping false gods and trying to get other people to do the same. And so I think that's a really like almost foreshadow of Levi and his descendants. But another way that it foreshadows Israel, so Israel is the whole nation made up of the 12 tribes who came from Jacob's sons here, right? Levi, Simeon, Reuben, Judah, Issachar. Okay. When Israel is is settled in the land, the promised land that God said he was going to give to them, he 
calls them frequently his bride. And he is constantly wiping out enemy nations who are coming in, abusing and mistreating the nation of Israel. And and God doesn't stand for it. He says no. And he wipes them out. And he goes in, protects and, and rescues his bride, Israel. And in this story, Dinah is that unique person. First of all, a prototype. Uh, a prototype? Yeah, I think that's the right word. The Midrash says she's a prototype of, of leaders and also like kind of like a foreshadowing of how Israel is going to affect the world because Dinah changed the heart of Shechem. He still had to deal with the consequences. He, you know, just because his heart was changed doesn't mean he was off the hook for his irresponsibility. Well, really his assholery. Yeah, his sins, his crimes, right? They're consequences. But she changed his heart. She made him into a man who wanted to be noble, who said, I'm, I'm done with my wayward ways. I'm going to marry this woman. And the Midrash and Jewish tradition says she is like this foreshadow of Israel, this woman who is going to affect this change in the, in the surrounding communities and nations. And yet she still gets mistreated and abused the bride of God. And so he comes down, redeems and rescues. And sometimes it's done through a violent reckoning. And that is Genesis chapter 34, kind of like a little um, blip of a a story that's not really connected with anything immediately. Um, We might hear about the child that Dinah conceived during this uh, encounter with Shechem. Uh, She, the daughter of Dinah, supposedly, legend has it, we're going to meet her before Genesis is over. But I have been your host, Jonathan the Dumb Christian. I love you guys. I'll catch you later. Hey guys, I know that was uh, a touchy subject and that in some ways I want to make sure that nobody thinks we're making light of the damage that is caused by those types of encounters and it is heavy, real, damaging stuff. Uh, I recognize that. Um, and I just really appreciate the way Dinah's brothers step up and go to bat for her, defend her honor, and, and you know, don't pull any punches. Check us out on YouTube. We have exclusive content on the Dumb Christian Podcast on the YouTube channels. And, uh, yeah, hit subscribe, ring the bell so you know when new content is dropping. I love you guys. Oh.